Expressed on the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12 step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, Exploring Solutions for Life Today, a presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. That's right, my friends. Because of the grace of God, you are, we are, entitled to overcome. Hey, Dave. Hey, Monty. Ah, you just pegged my needle. Well, welcome aboard, everyone, to Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life. When? Today. Today. That's right. That's right. Hey, listen, before we go anywhere, I just have to say I want to do a shout-out for Mike Lindell and my pillow. Listen, if you're having a hard time sleeping, it may be your pillow, Dave. It just may be. For sure. Yeah, and I own three of these. You own two. Two of them. Yeah. Uh, listen, if you want to help take 12 Radio out uh, – there is a great way you can do that. Uh, simply go to MyPillow.com and enter the promo code TAKE12 and to take the 60-day comfort challenge. And uh, you'll actually help us out financially, help keep us on the air, and get a great night's sleep as well. MyPillow.com. It will be the last pillow you'll ever buy. Amen. Well, you might, you might, well, you might buy more. might buy more, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, the topic this week is this is going to be a two parter. This is part one of the topic bullying. Bullying. And mm. this is huge. Um, there isn't just playground bullying, it's really wide. We're going to be talking about this. Uh, there's, there's bullying in the workplace, there's bullying with siblings, there's, there's all sorts of kind of bullying. And we're going to try and scratch the surface this week. And uh, come back next week and do part two. Uh, but before we do any of that, we have this, I think. Don't we? Oh. Yes! It's time for Dave and Monty's Icebreaker! That's right. All right, this is great. This Clean is, up that mess. Yes, it is messy. Messy, messy, messy. Uh, this was actually sent in by Jason S. Um, I took out the name of the support group, and I also took out the name of the town, um, and you'll see why. Uh, <laughs> at a uh, at a 12-step support group stag meeting in an, ind in an indisclosed named town, a 35-year-old man entered the meeting room where approximately 25 men were attending. The man waved a water pistol, <laughs> and I'm already going, wow. okay, in the air, and demanded that everyone in the room hand over their wallets. The man repeated his request two more times, getting more frustrated with each command, to which the room simply broke out in laughter. <laughs> and they told the man, hey, you're in the right place, uh, and instructed him to sit down. Wow. 
Once seated, the would-be robber was shocked to find out that he wasn't in the right place so much because it was a support group, but because it was a support meeting for law enforcement who struggled with PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) The man was arrested for attempted robbery. I love it. I love it. Just... Oh, gosh. <laughs> there you go. Chew on that, Dave. Zippity doodah. <laughs> that does it for our little. We need a good laugh break. this morning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, me too. A, a really good friend of mine, uh, Guy Stack, uh, sent me a poem that was written by his son, Gaden. And I've been waiting for the appropriate show to read this. Okay. And, and I think this is it. Gaden Stack, who is Guy's son, who's a junior in high school, wrote the following poem. It's entitled, What's the Real Problem? Here it is. Under a crescent moon, I lay pondering everything. My breath's rapid and my heartbeat's slow. I can faintly hear the sound of thunder and rain. It's midnight. Well, at least I think it is. Everything is kind of dark today. I feel the cold concrete wall against my back, the taste of something metal in my mouth, as if I'd been sucking on a penny. Penny, the girl of my dreams, we've known each other for so many years, I sometimes lose count. I've always wanted her to be mine, and I hers. But I missed my chance. Look at her, just lying there in such a deep sleep. I can see a puddle by her cheek. She drooled all over herself. What a dork. I realized I'm slightly drooling as well. I cough. More drool flies out of my mouth. I begin laughing, only to be halted by a sharp pain in my chest. My eyes flutter. Wait, what What the heck? Panic sets in as I see several other students sleep around me. What happened today? My eyes flutter again, slightly brighter. Now I notice pools of red around sleeping students. Across the classroom lays another student propped up against the wall. Who is he? I don't think I've seen him before. My chest burns again, and my eyes flutter once again. Wait, I remember that kid. I've seen him being beat up and bullied. Apparently, he doesn't have any friends. Poor guy, I can't even imagine what that could do to a kid's mind. I look closer, and I notice something in his hand. I try getting up. Pain shoots through my body. Reality kicks in. Around me lay a dozen dead students, all shot. And across there lies the bullied kid holding a handgun in his hand and a bullet hole in his head. No, 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 no. I lean over to check on Penny and fell over. I look at my chest to see two bullet holes. I see it. Penny lays there with a bullet hole in the side of her head. Pain overthrows me as I collapse. Everything starts going dark. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If only I had tried talking to him and made friends with him and let him know everything will be okay and people care. Maybe 
he wouldn't have done this. Darker and darker, I lean over and kiss Penny on the forehead. I love you. Darkness. What's the Real Problem by Gaden Stack? Wow. Junior in high school. Wow. That, that, and that's where I think the, the topic is kind of turned away, especially today's media. It's mm-hmm. all about, you know, guns and we got to get rid of guns and, right. you know, we got to do something different, you know, and it's, it's like, we got to stop, the kids got to stop bullying each other. I mean, that's where it starts. It may start, yeah. it may start beyond that. It might start in the home, you know, maybe there's some dysfunction in the home or some, some abuse and it. Right. Tilt your mic like that a little bit. Yeah. Up, upwards. There you go. Can you hear me now? Yes. I think that's a, when I whenever I hear these school shootings, that's the first thing I think of is like this is somebody that's been bullied at one point or another, mm-hmm. or currently. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and a lot of these stories, if you look deeper, later on you hear that that's pretty much the case. Is that there was some yeah some abuse or bullying or both, um, and mental health issues maybe added on top of that. Um, Guns aren't the problem. I mean, anybody that wants to get a gun can go get a gun. Right. You know, it's right. like if we stab somebody with a fork, are we going to start out? We're going to abolish forks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not the, that's not the problem. We need to start thinking about each other and loving each other instead of, you know, tearing each other down. And, and, and you know, it, it's interesting because we live in a different time now versus when you and I were in – you know, middle school, elementary school, middle school, and high school. Um, I was during middle school, we called junior high in California. Um, I was repeatedly jumped on the way home and beat the living daylights out of me. You can read my story on, on the website. Uh, if you click on about, um, uh, but, um, sexually abused, bullied constantly, and I, I sit back and I wonder, why didn't I take drastic action like this? Right. Like some, some people, I, I mean, I, I maybe I maybe I might have if I'd known to do so. It, it didn't cross my mind, but I will tell you that my home life was wonderful, and I think maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah. You know, and some of the responses, uh, and I want to thank people that responded to the question on on social media about bullying. Some of them. That's what they did. They they just avoided the bullies, or they didn't fight back. They didn't respond. They just took it, you know. Right. And, and and that's what I did. I just I just took it until I discovered my artwork, and then all of a sudden, all the jocks that were beating me up, and all the hippies that the jocks hated that were on the other side, because this was during the sixties, right. They all became my friends because I could create this artwork and they all came after me not to beat me up anymore. This is after about midway through high school, but to create stuff for them. And I used it as a tool and it became part of a very unhealthy acceptance addiction for me that actually led me into, uh, you know, abusing alcohol and then other things. Yeah. 
Um, so I didn't pull a gun out, but I I went into substance abuse. Yeah, it's I, I, high school. I remember high school. I mean, I I remember being bullied once in elementary school. Someone padlocked my pants to this fence. Oh my god! My belt loop on the back, right? Ended up, you know, trying to get away, rip, rip my pants. Uh, that was pretty the last time that I could think of that that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the time where I started, you know, developing this, you know, tougher exterior. But yeah, the, uh, I remember high school. You know, I was always the one trying to bridge the gap. You know. Uh, I remember there was kids that were getting, you know, shoved in the garbage cans or in the lockers. Yeah. And helping them, you know, get out of there or, you know, try to intervene. Um, looking back, I, you know, there's probably a lot of times I, uh, I should have or would have liked to intervene and I didn't for various reasons. Hmm. Uh, but I remember the one kid that was in our class. These uh, I don't know the whole story behind it, but all I remember is that he'd been bullied by these these two girls, and uh, he came back to school one day with a rifle and started shooting down the hallway. Really? Yeah. And it was he he just hadn't he couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. I mean they were just you know constant all day long every day just right. just attacking him verbally, um, and I, I know he you know. You know, after that, he they took him away, but and never saw him again. But I remember that it was a pretty scary thing, you know, that someone could get to that point where they would break mm-hmm. and start just, mm-hmm. you know, I know I know he was probably trying to get just those two girls, sure. Um, but the fact that it was at school and there was other people around, you know, um, there's you know collateral damage that can happen. So when your emotions dictate your behavior, dangerous things can take place. Well, especially when you're, you know, you got hormones right going and dealing and with puberty, and everything and, else. Yeah. It's you know, can you? It's brutal. Yeah, it's a brutal time of life. Just by life happening, you're trying to figure out like where you fit in, and you know, do right. I do I fit in with the jocks or the mm-hmm. preps or the, you know, the stoners and or whatever, you know, click. Yeah, you know everybody's finding their place, yep. and if you don't fit anywhere, uh, and that was kind of my issue, you know. Yeah. Um, I try. I tried uh, over producing. I went and kind of fought back by beating some of the jocks at sit ups. I I had endurance like crazy. I couldn't do things fast. I always had a weight problem, but I could go forever. Like I could swim laps forever. So I ended up doing like 200 sit-ups and this other guy did 205. And so then I said, well, heck with that. I can do more than that. So I did 300 sit-ups and then he come back. Ended up, I ended up with the record. I did, believe it or not, 3,043 sit-ups without stopping. And these are the kind of sit-ups you put your hand behind your back. You lock your fingers and one sit-up is your right elbow to your left knee. And, and I mean, uh, half a sit up and the other left elbow to the right knee. So that's one sit up. So it's actually two. It's one. And then a yellow jacket stung me in the neck and it broke my hands apart and I couldn't go on anymore. Yeah. Um, but that was all 
to gain acceptance. Right. It was all for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of went the other route. I hung out with the troublemakers, and uh, I, I didn't really ever <laughs> feel like I, I fit in anywhere either. Yeah. yeah. But the closest I came to fitting in was is hanging out with the with the stoners, you know, back right. in, the, in the smoking the pit, you know, sure. had, what they called the pit out in the back of the school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was where everybody went to, to smoke and, you know, whatever. It's to so get the bill bottoms and, the, oh, yeah. and the, the hiking boots. Yeah. That was our, yeah. you know, our, our uh, deal. Flannel shirts and the whole deal. Right. And, and then uh, that, and I hung out with people that were older, probably five or 10 years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I didn't feel like. Uh, I don't know. I guess I was a little concerned myself a little more mature, right? And uh, just wasn't wasn't feeling it. The um, Center for Disease Control and Department of Education um, points out what they consider four types of bullying: physical, verbal, relational, and damage to property. Do you think that anybody escapes this, that, that, that it's pretty rare that particularly when we're growing up as young teenagers that everybody kind of bumps into this at some point or another? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, and I just want to go on to, to read what they say about the core elements of the definition mm-hmm. uh, include our unwanted aggressive behavior, observed or perceived power imbalance, and repetition of behaviors or, or high likelihood of reputation. Or repetition. So, I mean, that covers a whole lot of areas. It sure does. Right. And it can be, uh, it can be direct or indirect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why do people do this, Dave? Why do you think? Acceptance. Trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. You know? Trying so who's the bully trying to fit in with? Other bullies? <sighs> well, Yeah. <laughs> No, and I don't think that initially it's it's the the plan of someone to go out and be be bully, be a bully. Yeah, you don't think they sense? wake up one day and, and say I I'm going to be cruel and I'm going to harm other people and and hurt them physically or emotionally. That's not just like most people don't wake up and say today I want to be an alcoholic. Well, and I think a lot of it, you know, I know people, some people might not want to hear this, but it stems from parenting. Mm. You know. Because that's we model what our parents uh, demonstrate, right. and if it's demonstrated that you know we have a parent that is uh, verbally and emotionally abusive, and it's that power struggle, right? Because we look at that as as that mother or the father as you know uh, the person in charge or the person with all the power, yeah. And so the kids model that same behavior. Uh, and see the same kind of react, same they get the same reaction, uh, so they feel powerful, they feel in charge, right? Because they don't want to feel the same way that their parents made them feel. Sure, right. So right. they they're going to get the jump on it. They transfer that that uh, those issues onto somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's like all that pain. You know, and that unknown, like trying to figure life out too. Because a lot of people look at it as, you know, it, after a while, some of them, some people look at it as, is there something wrong with me? Right. You know, 
if my parents are saying this and maybe my coach is saying this or my teacher is saying this, then maybe, you know, is it true or not, you know? Right, sure. And you start <clears throat> questioning yourself and, and, and they're older and wiser and maybe they know what they're talking about. And they may not know what they're talking about at all, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought this was interesting talking about um, the parental thing. Uh, Lori S. said, I didn't really deal with much bullying uh, in, in school, thank goodness, except for my dad. And then Terrence Gorski, who many people who are in the field of drug and alcohol counseling and so forth will recognize that name. I mean, he's like required <clears throat> reading for people that are in that field. Um, he made the statement. Parental child abuse is not bullying. It's 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 child abuse. It's the criminal abuse of children. And that every child feels inferior to parents who are bigger, smarter, often meaner. Um, so he suggested maybe she was traumatized by child abuse. So really, so when a parent is acting out, that is abusive, right? That is right. child abuse. That goes beyond bullying. And that, and that's, uh, I mean, we can go, we could have a show or two on that. Yeah. And because like abuse or uh, anything like that is, is maybe looked at differently than what people think it is. Because if, right. What do they consider abuse? Well, if I, if I feel, uh, if I feel threatened in any way, mm -hmm. then I'm being abused. Mm. I mean, that's kind of the way it was explained to me. It's like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to hit that person. Right. You don't have to leave any uh, marks on their skin. Um, but it's still abuse. So it can be body language, right? Sure. Like if you're an employer and, or if you're an employee and the body language your employer or a colleague at work is giving you is, is trying to convey the message that you're less than – and probably your work is really, you know, you're just, you know, we, we've, we've hired you because we just, you know, need to fill a spot or whatever. And you're feeling like you're being demeaned. That can come across without even a word. That can be, that can be body language. Well, uh, uh, yeah, that, and, and there's a, there's a classic example of, of that in the workplace is a, you know, you're working hard on a project and you're putting your all into it. Yeah. And then your boss comes along and takes it and it says, you know, thank you. And then redoes the whole thing uh, differently. Right. Uh, that's a form of, of bullying right there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's basically saying that you're not, you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. What you did isn't, you know, I don't find value in it. Right. And so I'm going to take it and go put my own spin on it and... Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's one of the examples. One of the yeah, one of the examples in the uh, on, on I think it's in stopbullying.gov, uh, possibly, uh, and that's a form of adult bullying. And, and there's it, this just isn't limited to one group of people. I mean, there's a lot of bullying going on in the workplace. Probably not as much as has been reported. Because don't you think that sometimes we want to label something just because we feel uncomfortable? I mean, let's look at the flip side of this. Are, are we quick to assign bullying to every situation that makes us feel a little uncomfortable? Well, I think what happens is we don't look at it as being bullied. 
right. especially in the workplace or as an adults, because we think oh, because we're adults now, we should have some kind of power over that. We should have a voice and be able to speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, we some some people don't do that. Right. You know, uh, economic reasons, uh, especially when, you know, uh, like the economy. Right. Uh, is struggling and we have a job. We don't necessarily want to make any waves. Uh, yeah, because we can't lose that job. Maybe we can't find another job and our, our family depends on that. And so some of that we just accept as, you know, part of the deal. That's just life. That's just the way it is. We just need to, you know, we need to suck it up, you know, because – that's the other thing that we are taught as uh, some of us are taught growing up is you're just going to suck it up. Yeah. Get your wine and deal with it and move on. You know, listen to authority, right? Right, right. Uh, even if they're wrong. Right. And in Christendom, we even do that. Well, even if they're wrong, you got to obey them because that's how you learn to obey. Well... Yes and no, right? I mean, if they're asking you to do something immoral or indecent or, or uh, you know, against the law, and that can, right? How far do you go? Or, or even if they're asking you to overlook something, oh, don't worry about it. And then if you blow the whistle, then they they may not fire you because they don't want you to collect unemployment, but they'll make life so miserable for you that you want to quit. Well, yeah. That's the, the there's a, that old whistleblower protection, right? But the problem is, like you say, they'll they'll find some other reason, sure, or make it difficult right. until you quit. It's and uh, it's it's you know my wife went on a job interview or no, it was actually orientation for this for this job, and she came home and and told me about it and she mm-hmm. was she was a little shaken. And they basically told her that to commit fraud. Really? When they do the documentation, like you put down that you you did this, even if you didn't do it, you know? Wow. And uh, she, you know, I said, that's, they're going to, that's fraud. And, and you're basically liable because they can say, well, you you're the one that wrote it down. We didn't tell you to do that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so you got to, sometimes you got to step up and just say, that's not right. I, I'm not going to accept that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So she ended up getting two other, offer, two other jobs offered like a, a couple days later. So, so she didn't, she didn't do that no, then. Right. No, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a huge red flag. And a lot of people will do that because of fear. Right. Well, especially if you you know you're out of work for a while, and, right. and there's that pressure of trying to, you know, <clears throat> of being helpful and contribute to the household, you know, and because mm-hmm. time, times uh times are tough, so, you know, and depending on where you live in the country, uh, it's it's expensive. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You bet. You bet. So I know you wanted to go over some of the responses that people made. So the question was asked: Have you ever been bullied? Uh, or have you been a bully, and how did you deal with it? And we first put that question out there. We didn't get a lot of response, and then we put it out there again last week, and Facebook started to light up. Um, and so go ahead, Dave, with some of these that people that have responded. Uh, let's see here. 
Um, someone wrote in, uh, I was bullied by my nose and how big it is. I just dealt with it. Never told anyone because it hurt too much to talk about it, even to my parents. Mm. I'm still self-conscious about it. And to this day, especially when people look at me face to face, it hurts. You know, that's, that's a tough thing, man. Cause if you, you feel like you, you, you want to tell somebody. Right. But I mean, I get it. I can picture being back in those, those times. And, and it's like, I feel like if I talk to somebody about it, yeah. They're going to just say, oh, you're overreacting. Right. You know, right? don't worry about what other people think. Yeah, or just what ignore other, it. Yeah. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. That's what my mom used to say. They're just jealous. Right. Oh, yeah. That's what my mom used to say all the time. They're just jealous. Don't right. worry about it. Pray for them. That didn't help. <laughs> it just didn't. Right. It's a. Uh, it's not a fun place to be. Well, and, this, it, it, and she's dealing with the self-image thing here. Right. Which, especially when you're young, that's just huh. like tragic, brutal stuff oh, when you're growing yeah. up. Especially when you're uh, a young a young girl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's all about, you know, how you look and what you dress, how, what kind of clothes you wear. And, you know, I remember my daughter when she was in, uh, was it high school or middle school? Mm-hmm. You know, she, if telling anybody that she bought her clothes from Walmart was like the worst Wow. Sin you can commit. Yeah. Because everybody had a uh, name brand or mm-hmm. you know, top of the line. Uh, what was it? What was the big one back? Uh, Abercrombie. Oh, yeah. Was a big one back then. Yeah. Ours was members only. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it, it was just, you know, if you you couldn't go into the into the store because you're too afraid to, of somebody too afraid of one of her friends, you know, seeing her or somebody seeing her yeah. in the clothes section. So it was, yeah, it's just some of the stuff that we, as kids, we do to each other out of just to feel better than, or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of uplift ourselves. You know, I wonder, I wonder about this. Um, I remember when the fad was to wear old army jackets. And I took my dad's old army jacket. I had to sneak it out of the house because my mom would say, I don't want people thinking that we can't afford a jacket for you. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I'd sneak it out of the house and I'd leave it at school. But it, it had holes in it, you know, and it was floppy and these huge pockets. And, and people were doing that. I, and I wonder, and and then years later, and people are still doing this, the, the, the fad was jeans with holes in them. And then jeans that looked filthy or were filthy and then levi came out with a with a jean that was filthy the way it was colored but it was actually brand new i mean i wonder if these things came out of some of those the what we were attempting as kids to fight back with you know if you're going to call me you know a clown and a poor reject then i'm going to dress like one and maybe it'll stop i i don't know it, it, it's interesting, but we we act out. We do respond. We don't not respond. In fact, when somebody's being bullied, and some of these comments were, well, I just you know I tried to avoid them. That's a form of responding, right? So everybody responds to it in some way. Yeah, I remember growing up. I, I was when I was in high school. I got I felt like I was on a very short leash. It's like my whole life was basically going to school and then coming home and doing chores. And then going to sleep and then waking up the next day and doing it all over again. Wow. And so 
um, my way of fighting back was I cut class. Oh, okay. So I, I, I cut class. Yeah. And then, uh, I remember my, my, uh, they called the, like the school called my house and they said, uh, you know, Dave's got, you know, uh, has been missing class and, and he's mm-hmm. got, you know, so many hours of detention. Uh, we're going to have to suspend him. Right. And my mom said something to the fact that, you know, don't suspend him because it would be like a vacation. Yeah. And that's what he wants. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. uh, you know, it actually, uh, caused me some problems because then I took advantage of it and, uh, I didn't go to class. I probably built up a hundred and some hours of detention. Wow. By the time the end of my junior year or halfway through. And that was probably about the time where I thought, mm, I, maybe I should, you know, I should buckle down and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, by then it was too late. I would have had to go, they wanted me to go to like school after 12th grade for another year or go to night classes. And yeah. I just wasn't, you know, <laughs> I wasn't, uh, wasn't into that, um, but yeah, that was my way of lashing out. This one guy says, when I was in school, I learned to walk fast and keep away from the bullies. When cornered, I fought dirty. Really dirty. Word got around. So there is the possibility of some, somebody becoming a bully. It's possible. It could it could happen. It's like, uh, I forget what movie it was from, but and probably it's been in a few... But, uh, you know, one sure way to get people to, to leave you alone mm-hmm. is you just start flailing your arms and acting crazy. And, right, right. And drool on yourself and pee your pants and <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll leave you alone. I'll leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, I, and I'm, I, I'm thinking about, uh, that wasn't in this movie, but the movie The Breakfast Club. Yeah. You know, basically it, it kind of addressed some of this stuff where this is, these are the kids, they're all different. But they're all outcasts. You know, you got the nerd, you got the bully, you know, you got you got the, the girl that's beautiful, you know, you got the guy that's in love with the girl that's beautiful and he can't do his classwork. But they're all in detention and the movie starts out, and if you haven't seen it, listeners, it's really a classic. It, it starts out, none of them want anything to do with each other. Right. But they're forced into this situation where they're spending hours upon hours every day with each other. And then they they find their common ground, and they become very close friends. And if, if you you haven't you haven't looked at all the underlying t- tones and stories in that, right? It's all about uh, parental abuse. Yep, bullying mm-hmm. and uh, unmet or uh, unmet expectations. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it's all tied in throughout that. Right, right. Uh, and some of those some of those kids ended up becoming megastars. Right. You know. Um did you have did you have any one particular kid growing up that would corner you? Was there like one guy? No. I had one I had one nemesis. I mean, I had several that yeah. you know, I like I said, they corner me and beat me up and all that kind of stuff. But there was this one guy. He was, it's like every, every school, every junior high has got that one guy that knows karate. 
At least he says he does. Right. Right. And I befriended him, and he spent the night one night. We went to, a, like, a theme park, and then he came over and spent the night that night. And early in the morning, he went home before school. I got to school that next day, and within an hour, I'm hearing rumors about how I molested him. It didn't even happen. What? Yeah, it didn't even happen. And so what happened then is all of his, because he was kind of a jock, all of his friends started siding with him, and then I was labeled the F word, you know, F-A-G, yeah. right? And, and it was brutal. But I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could talk to my parents about it. I don't know why. Yeah. You know, and they say, it, it, you know, in all the articles you read and all the videos you watch on bullying, it says you've got to tell an adult. Well, that's kind of a pat answer because that's not as easy as just saying, hey, mom, dad, guess what I'm being called at school? Right. So what do you do, Dave? I mean, if this is happening to you, what's one of the solutions? Well, uh, there's no really easy answer, but I would think, you know, especially with the, the – the way things play out, especially in the world today, is that we need to tell somebody, you know? Gotta tell somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah. Find find somebody you trust. You know, find somebody that that'll help you. Um, sometimes I hesitate because sometimes, you know, that I'm sure there's people saying, well, that's not so easy. Or I don't have anybody that I can talk to. Yeah. Because that's the way I felt. Right. You know? It's very isolating. You feel very alone. You know? Well, I think that's why, like myself personally, I developed this this armor. Mm. I, I isolated. And when I say isolated, I basically I didn't let anybody into my bubble. Right. There was only a couple people that knew really anything about me. And so I think that looking back on it now, that was how I started building those walls up, right? Because if you don't know me, and I, and if there's, I mean, there was all kinds of rumors that were spread that so you know, that uh, I just went along with because it kept people away. Oh yeah, me too. I did it too. You know, I started dressing very colorfully. You know, if you're if you're going to use the F word to describe me, then I'll just play that out, and then then my art fell into it, and then. There was no problem. Yeah. You know. Uh, but it, it's, yeah, it, it is so, it's so tough these days, you know, with kids. I just, I, I think this has to be a, a, you know, I hate to say the word movement, but, you know, we have to stop being silent. Right. And, and that's why, that's why I appreciated Gaden Stack so much because, he wrote this, and, I mean, the responses he got on Facebook were wonderful. But, and then he didn't, he didn't fall into that category that a lot of protesters were falling into about the gun thing, and he got criticized for that. Kind of like, this isn't what he said, but kind of like, well, you wrote this poem, how come you didn't show up for the protest? Yeah, well, but- he recognizes that that's not the problem. He recognizes right. that the problem in this instance is bullying. Right. 
you know, I am so sick and tired of people looking at the surface issues, the, the, the outward manifestation of the true problem and not the true problem. It's like, why don't we want to look at what's really going on? Well, and I think, uh, unfortunately, there's you know, a number of politicians that take advantage of these things when they come up. You bet. To use for their, their own agenda. Mm-hmm. And uh, kids these days, they give them a lot of credit. Um, but they're, they haven't had a whole lot of life experience. And sometimes they just react to things. Yeah. Um, without, I know I did. Sure. You me know, too. when I was at, when I was in high school or elementary school, I just reacted. And then, you know, if things turned out to be different later on. I just, oh, okay. Not like I went out and apologized. Right. But we have to look at the, the issue for what it is. People that just go around shooting up schools for the heck of it because they're bored one day. Right. You know. Or or they, they just happen to have access to a gun. Right. That isn't the reason why they're doing it. Even if they didn't have access, they can go find one. Sure. I mean, and, and even the internet. I mean, all you have to you can go on the internet and pretty much find anything. You bet. You know. Uh, unfortunately. Um. All I can say is that we gotta we gotta quit being silent and just keep talking until someone hears you. Yeah, don't give up. Don't yeah. give up, and don't take things into your own hands. And uh, so, so one <clears throat> listener said, "Well, I fought back when it, when it referred to bullying, being bullied. I fought back until I was about a teenager or young adult, and then." I just started suppressing all my emotions in a big, black, dark, emotional bag. That's scary. You know, and, and, and when we do that, when we turn it inward and we don't talk about it, then that's when substance abuse happens. That's when we become these victims of sexual abuse and, and self-harm. I knew a, I knew a gal when I was in high school that was doing the cutting thing because she was constantly being made of, made fun of because she was so skinny. And I got made fun of because I was heavy. She got made fun of because she was skinny. Yeah. You know, but she hit she hid that for a long time and a school counselor finally discovered it. But she didn't talk about it. In fact, if you didn't know her home life, you would think she w- she was doing just fine. Yeah. Well, and our 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 symptoms show up differently, you know. Right. Like uh, for me, it was you know it was uh, drugs and alcohol. Yeah. That's how I dealt with it. The magic elixir. Right. Yeah. Showed up. Mine, my, you know, mine was Christian Brothers brandy. I saw my dad take. Taking in a couple of sips from Brandy and Seven from a high stress job, never he never finished it. I finished it. <laughs> Can't let it go to waste. Yeah, and I, I said, well, if, if 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 he can calm down and relax, this is how I can calm down and relax. I did not know that I had a genetic disposition to alcoholism. I was adopted. I have no no clue about any of that stuff. And I poured myself a big old honking mug, a Christian Brothers brandy straight, and downed it. And then I did it again right afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you know what? 
It was the magic elixir. Right. Everything looked better. There's a lot, a lot of yeah. people talk about that, you know, when they they knew the first time that they, you know, poured that down their gullet. They, yeah. They knew that they found the answer. Right. 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 And it worked for a long time. Right. It wasn't a problem. It was the solution to the problem. It's because we didn't have enough life experience on how to deal with things. We didn't. Right. Because I know, uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, this is a long name here. I'm just going to say MMM. Okay. It <laughs> <laughs> says, I was bullied throughout my childhood, even then even in my adulthood, by people who were supposed to love me unconditionally and protect me. As I've grown up, I've learned by his grace, it's their problem, not mine. It's just very sad. Mm. And, and that's... That's true. I mean, it's the other person's issue. Yeah. We just don't figure that out oftentimes. Right. Until we don't know how to figure it out. We go up younger. or yeah. maybe even still not even then. Well, there's adults that have no basic life skills. None. <laughs> right. And, and we, and we, 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 some of us can be kind of judgmental and say, well, don't they know? No, they don't. Right. I, I've heard that so many times, you know, and it's like, no, if you have lived your life basically in your addiction up to this point. Yeah. You haven't matured. Right. From right. the time whatever you age you started using. That's right. It's 12 or yeah. 16 or uh, that's why they, they talk about uh, the later that you start that process, the easier it will be for you to get out of it and recover. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't take and take charge of it, and and then make a conscious effort to make a change in your life, nothing's going to change. Right. I mean, I I had to do it. I and I had to listen to other people. You know, and that's kind of why why we're here is we're trying to help others so they don't have to go down the same road or they can pull themselves out quicker than maybe we did. So you have to speak up. I don't, you know, I don't know for a fact, but I doubt very much that any of the young men who have been behind the weapons that have killed so many in school at any point in their early lives said, someday I'm going to shoot up a school. Right. You know, I just don't think that's what happened. And, well, and something has developed, something has happened. And and if you think, and I'm talking to everybody that's listening out there, especially young people, and adults too, if you think you're exempt from going off the handle, you, you better check yourself because things can happen in life that are so traumatic, and you, especially if you've never experienced them. You don't know how to deal with it. And bam, it hits you if you're not talking to somebody you become eligible too. And, and some people say, well, I would never do that. Well, I bet you if you were to talk to some of those kids, you know, several years before the incident, they would say, oh, I would never do that. Right. Well, and one of the their component that we, we haven't talked about yet is, is video games. Uh, kids are desensitized by playing these uh, first-person shooter video games. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people you know, sometimes will, Laugh it off is no big deal, but if your brain is wired that 
you're in a, playing in a video game and you think that it's, you know, the person's going to get up and we play another round. Right. Even if it's subconscious, I mean, on some level that I think it makes it okay uh, to do that. It's like, how, I don't know how else to deal with this. No one's listening to me. Right. You know, and it's not all, it's all, not all boys or men. I mean, there, we just had an incident in San Bruno at, at Google where it was a girl. That's right. That's right. That came in and shot up because she didn't like the way Google did something or another. Yeah. So um, this is a this doesn't it isn't a you know male only issue. No, that's it's true. just what what gets talked about more often. Than that's not. what gets the coverage on media. Right. Yeah. And, so and there's more more uh, issues that happen besides guns, but that's. You know, that's the kind that's, of the, that's the one that screams the loudest well, that's right the, now. You know, the the agenda that people want to push, and so those are the ones that are going to get the most attention. Yeah, but there's all sorts of forms of bullying. There's all sorts of forms of self destruction and, and hurting other people. And um, you know, even though I was beat to a pulp on several occasions in junior high, and and sexually molested by older boys on the way home from school, things like that, I have to tell you, some of the verbal attacks on me growing up had more of an impact and were harder to get past than some of the physical abuse. Oh, sure. Physical wounds heal. Right. Right. Emotional wounds take a long time, if ever, to heal. So those that are laughing about the video game thing, and, you know, ever since you and I were kids... People have said things like, oh, you know, it's what they watch on TV, and people would laugh it off, or it's those those comic books. I remember when I was a kid, my parents would not allow me to watch, um, uh, who were those guys, uh, uh, Moe and Curly and the Three Stooges. I wasn't permitted right. to watch the Three Stooges, because my parents said it's extremely violent, and they're making light of violence. And at the time, I thought... Uh, lighten up, mom and dad. Well, that's a pretty obvious, right, thing there. The Three Stooges. I mean, right. they're, all, they're all smacking each other around the whole show, right? But where where does it start? I mean, we we start getting desensitized to things, and it builds and it builds and it builds. So well, pretty soon, Three Stooges is okay, but then later on, we're playing these games where you know, I I gotta wonder. I gotta wonder what seeds are planted when you're allowed to sit in front of a television set and watch violent activity hour after hour on Saturday morning. Right. Cartoons. I mean, look at classic, the old, old cartoons. If you go and look on YouTube, you can find right. uh, classic cartoons and you sit there and watch them. There's a lot of violence in there. And so Tons that, of violence. that oftentimes would be the babysitter. And that is still going on today as the right. television becomes the babysitter or the, the tablet, right? Or the yeah. computer now is, is the babysitter. Yep. You got kids that are, you know, three, four or five years old with a computer. Mm-hmm. And then you take it away from them, they start crying mm-hmm. and throwing a fit. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you got, you know, you, you go from cartoons to video games. You know, like Mario Brothers or something, maybe it starts right. out. But it all boils down to acceptance, feeling part of a group, yeah. right? It goes back to the kind of the how the whole bullying starts. It's like, okay, now I'm in school, right? And people are talking about, oh, this awesome new video game I got, right? Right. And Mortal Kombat, no, whatever the, I don't play any of those, so I, you know, I wouldn't even know where to go. But, right. Um, 
I've heard this. It's like if you not are you not into what the most up to date, you know, first person shooter game. Sure, this is one example. Then you start getting bullied because you're not doing that. So then, yeah, right, yeah, and so yeah. then it, you start getting into that, and I don't know. It's just some of these school shooters that that was their thing. Man. Now, of course, there's games. exceptions. I mean, there are right. there are kids that grow up well balanced. Educated, they're doing great, and they played some of these games. We we right, know that, right. you know, but you cannot deny that as the brain grows, the wiring is getting developed, and what you put, you know, the old saying, "garbage in, garbage out." It's going to affect you, and for right. anybody, anybody say it doesn't. That's just a statement of ignorance. It just is. I mean, and there's people that will will deny this for one or two reasons: either they just don't know. And they're not convinced, or they're right fighters, and they want their right to do what they want to do when they want to do it. And by God, you better not take my games away from me or my R-rated movies and blah, 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 because don't you know I have a right to? All right, well, maybe you're an adult and you have a right to, but are you going to pass that? Are you going to model that for your child and then wonder why your child is acting out later? Well, I'll say this again. Parenting is probably the the biggest factor in how someone turns out. Yeah. Because, like you say, the example you gave, if someone had, you know, uh, played these games and, you know, they did fine, never had a, an issue with violence or anything. Right. And then uh, you had somebody else, that's not the, that's not the answer. Mm-hmm. Because maybe that family, uh, their way of dealing things is violence. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. so in the other family that they don't have a problem you know, maybe there's family meetings. They talk about things, you know. Right. They listen to each other. They deal with problems when they come up, and they're supportive. They sit at the dinner table, and they talk about their day. They talk about issues that might concern each other. And you have a support system that maybe it may be a church or it may be uh, some kind of other organization that your family is involved in, and you surround yourself with people that are supportive and you have other people in your life that you can trust that you can go to and in, you know, in a healthy, in a healthy childhood, you're also, you're hopefully your parents are also telling you or showing you by leading example that, um, you don't need to put up with a bullying, right? Right. Say something, come talk to us. I mean, if my kids ever went through anything, any issue, yeah. Um, I was right there. I mean, I'd be right. I'd be at the school, you know, demanding that something be done. Yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, I, I, it's not acceptable. And there, there are some adults that'll tell their kid, like you were saying, "Well, just buck up and take it." You know, and and so are, it's part are, of growing are, up. Are the are the statement? I've heard this from when I was growing up. Friends of mine that had dads that would say, "Deal with it, Johnny." Yeah. Well, and well, and then Johnny would deal with it the only way he knew how to deal with it. Right. Whatever was modeled for him. Yeah. Are you going to put up with that? Yeah. Defend yourself. Right. Right. It's so, as <laughs> again, let's go back to parenting. Yep. That's where it starts. Yep. So next week, let's talk about the different kinds of bullying. Okay. Because there, there's, there, there's different, there's a variety. And revisit the solution to life today when it comes to bullying, which comes back to, and we're going to probably say it a million times, you have to speak up. You have to speak up. Right. Don't put up, speak up. Well, and I think the, if nothing else has come out of 
you know what's been going on and and especially in the in the news and and um the me too movement thing right is that people are more inclined to listen now when you when you go in and, and ask for help yeah so i think there's more of an opportunity to to go reach out and ask for help sure sure and part of you know one of the things that i know uh got taken away a long time ago is school counselors right they used to have school all the schools had a school counselor yeah and usually more than one yeah yeah and they they get cut out of the budgets along with Ugh. along with pe <laughs> A lot of times the oh. PE got cut out too, and so you're not. As a kid, you got all this energy, right? You right? have no way to release. You got to get it out somehow. Yeah. Well, PE was a thorn in my side, <clears throat> um, but I will tell you, even though I hated it, I loved my coach. Yeah. And I always felt like I could go to my coach with you know I didn't go to him with some of the stuff. But stuff that I did feel comfortable with, I was able to talk to him about. And a lot of times kids will find that in their music teacher, in their art teacher, in their coach, usually in in the areas of the arts or the elective courses and things like that. It seems like they're drawn to it. But it doesn't matter. You've got to speak up. Yep. You've got to speak up. All right. So, listeners, please comment on the show. Um, I know there's going to be people, people that say, oh, please, give me a break. Uh, well, all right, maybe. But when this strikes home to you, when your kid comes home, you, you need to listen. You know, one of the things that they do uh, that is that is vitally important, I know a lot of people don't like this, but when a child comes to an adult and and says that something's going on, assume that it's true. Right. Assume that it's true. If it's not, if it's a fabrication, that'll work out in the wash. But if you assume it's a fabrication and you do nothing and something horrible happens, that doesn't work out in the wash. You have to assume it's true. Well, and, and uh, you know, parents, especially, you know, people in recovery that are parents. Yeah. You know, we're, we're uh, we've changed our lives or we're in the process of changing. And we got to step up and talk to our kids uh, about the things that we went through so that it makes it okay for them to come to us and talk to us. You bet. So there, there's not that fear. And uh, um, watch for the signs, you know. I remember my kids, you know, they, they go through that age where they just, you know, how's it going? Good. How's school? Fine. Right. You know, everything's fine and good and, you know. Or grunt. Right. <laughs> there's a grunt. And, and until you start digging a little deeper and maybe you see some things that are going on. and Yeah. But it's, um, I know when I got into recovery, I had to get engaged with my kids, you know, and sit down with my, my daughters and talk to them and find out what's going on and you know, and tell them, hey, you know, I see that you're doing a really great job, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm proud mm-hmm. of you. I mean, little things like just saying you're proud of them yeah. opens up that dialogue, you know, because I've been that person that people have been, my kids have been afraid to talk to me. Yeah. And so I had to start that process of, Making it okay, right, right. You know, I'm I'm not going to love you any different, right, right. I may not agree with everything that you do, but that's okay. Yeah, you know, I'm still going to love you. You're still, sure. you know. Yeah. So we gotta we gotta start the dialogue. We do. 
All right. Our closing song for this show is called On the Other Side by recovery recording artist Sonia Lee. So this is part one of bullying. Next week, we're going to do part two. We're going to talk about different types and maybe some of the red flags that you can look for um, with somebody in your life that may be experiencing these things. So maybe you can help. Here's Sonia Lee with On the Other Side. Thank you.
Sonia Lee on the other side. Hey, I want to say thank you to all of you who contributed to the show by sending in your comments and your remarks on the topic of bullying on social media. It uh, was much appreciated. And uh, remember, we want to encourage you always to make comments on all of our shows here at Take 12 Recovery Radio. And a very special thank you to my new friend, Gaden Stack, for his powerful poem, What's the Real Problem? Until next time, this is the Monty Man, along with Dave Fleming, and reminding you that because of God's love for you, you are entitled to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.